This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Well, good morning, everyone. It's a great day. Lots of uh, rain, sunshine soon to uh, follow. I have that button. Good authority, National Weather Service said so, and you know they're always 100% believable, isn't that true? Thank you for your enthusiasm today. Well, Pastor, it's too much rain. Oh, God knows. He's the father of the rain, and he said he'd give us the former and the latter rain. There's a planting rain, a sowing rain, but there's also a harvest rain. Everybody say harvest. It's harvest time. We want to talk today about harvest happenings, welcome you uh, in the house and welcome you that are uh, joining us by live stream and those of you that are coming in uh, later. Again, we're so glad that you're here. You'll be glad that you came. We want to talk about uh, out of the story of Ruth and we're going to join Naomi uh, and Ruth. Are you, are you tired of looking at the same thing? Well, if you are, let me challenge you, because I know you're going to go home in the same car you came in. (laughs) Probably going to open the same refrigerator you've been opening. Sometimes same is okay, isn't that right? As long as it, don't let it become an old thing. You know, we're grateful, aren't we, that God uh, would speak to us and God would tell us and show us. Because if he doesn't, If he doesn't tell us, we have no way of ever hearing. If he doesn't speak, we have no way of ever hearing the truth. If he doesn't show us, we can look and look and look, but we have no way of seeing if he doesn't open up our eyes. And, you know, we we offer him a heart that wants to know, a heart that's willing to let him tell and let him show, and a heart that's willing to go his way. God, if you tell me and show me, my heart is willing to obey. It's just that simple. You know, don't let it be, uh, you know, religion will complicate the thing, but it's very simple. You know, pray, trust, obey, believe what he says, act on that, and you'll see the goodness and glory of God working in your life. It's just that simple. Amen. Uh, It's as simple as you have the Holy Spirit with you. I would suggest you allow him to be in you because that's a a greater measure. Uh, You know, it's one thing to, uh, you know, it's it's one thing to, um, you know, uh, have someone with you. It's another thing to, it's another thing for them to be in your house living with you every waking uh, moment in that right that's different and it's a better measure it's a greater measure so we join uh, Ruth again and we see Naomi and Ruth and that they had made the move you know uh, we have to make the move sometime don't we we have to make the move we can't just sit here quote till we die stuck between the rock in the hard place. How many of you feel like that we're living in times where we're kind of between the rock and the hard place? (laughs) 
Well, if that rock is Jesus, that's all right. Isn't that right? Amen. But they moved, made the move from one place to another place. Sometimes we're waiting on God, but sometimes he's just waiting on us to get ready uh, to make a move. And the Bible says this about, um, uh, about God is that he draws near to us when we draw near to him. You know, he's about as close as, as uh, you want him to be. But when you, if you want him closer, you've got to draw closer to God. It's very simple uh, where Naomi and Ruth is just on, on hearing a word that they, on a word that they had heard that God is. God is right now. See, is is a right now word. Isn't that right? The Bible says them that come to God must believe that he is. Present, personal, powerful. God is doing something. Not God did something or God's going to do something. God is doing something now. So they acted on what they had heard that God is right now. Once again visiting, blessing his people. Let me put it in this context. He is making harvest happen somewhere for someone. They made a move. It wasn't happening there for them. So they made a move to where they heard God was making harvest happen. They moved not on a whimsical wish. Because you know we can wish our life away can't we? I just wish we could start over. I wish things were different. I wish I hadn't have done this. I wish this hadn't have happened. I, I just wish somehow, someway, someday that everything would be changed. Well now listen. They did not move on a whimsical wish. Wishing won't move you anywhere. But they found. Uh, they uh, grabbed a hold of what I call the the uh, the hope rope or the rope of hope. You know, God always sets a hope out in front of us, doesn't He? God is the God of hope. The Bible says, "The God of all hope fill you with hope and joy in believing Him." You know, I believe this that that hope rope was a lifeline. They heard what God was doing. They heard God is alive, God is active, God is present, God is powerful, God is blessing. And so I want to uh, say this to those of you who perhaps need more than just a wish. Today God is throwing the rope of hope for those who need or even maybe even desperate for a rescue because, you know... Sometimes we need a lifeline, don't we? We need a lifeline. Sometimes just that little line of hope, that little, that little line, those two or three words, that something that we heard about God, we heard from God, the Holy Spirit uses that, and that rope of hope actually becomes a lifeline. Anybody in this house perhaps that needs a, a move and the Bible says this again, draw near to God and you'll find that God draws near to you. So we ended chapter 1, it says, So Naomi was back and Ruth the foreigner with her back from the country of Moab. They arrived in Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. You know, you have to, if we can see God in the small, 
We're looking for God in the big. But God is in the small. And the small should encourage us, us, encourage us, if God is in that small thing, that little detail in my life where hope or faith or love is concerned, if I can see God in that small measure that's personal and pointed uh, directly to me, don't you know then that you can be assured that he is in the big? If you can see him in the small, you can know, be assured, surely he shall take care of all of the big. If he's, if he's great enough to recognize, are you listening, and, and cause you to, to understand that he knows the smallest detail of your life and busies himself with that, think of that. See, you're looking for God in the big and he's showing up with these little small hints and these little small things all around you are, that tell you, I'm faithful. I'm the faithful one. Tell you, I love you. I'm loving you right now. I'm helping somebody because you, you, you've been looking, but you might be looking in the wrong direction. You might, you might be looking in the wrong measure. You might realize that sometime God hide himself, but he gives you just a little glimpse. Isn't that right? And he says this, now, now trust me. How many of you have heard lately God say, just trust me? How many of you know we're living in a time where you need to just trust God? You can't trust the government. I guess you could, but the Bible says, you know, that it's better to put our trust in God than anything or anyone else. Isn't that right? You can't trust the systems of this world. You know, the systems of this world are controlled and run by the God of this world, the devil. Not the God of the earth. The earth and the fullness of belongs to God. Are you listening? The earth and the fullness is God's. But the systems that are set up in this world are controlled by the devil. Are you hearing? But he's not our God, is he? The God of heaven is our God. And heaven and earth, earth is his footstool, isn't that right? Belongs to him. Well, They arrived at harvest time. And so we, uh, we can see in chapter 2, we see Ruth in a harvest field and she's gleaning. We've talked about that. You know, the position and the condition reserved for the needy, reserved for the disadvantaged in life, the disenfranchised and the destitute in life was in, uh, in the kingdom of God that uh, uh, you don't harvest all of it. You don't take it all for yourself. You leave some for someone else. That's a good principle. Are you listening? Uh, but she finds herself qualifying. She's in that position. Uh, she's in that condition. And we see that, her, that, she, that she encounters Boaz and her first experience uh, in the uh, place of blessing, the place where God is, the place where God is, is making things happen is at harvest time. She's in a harvest field and she uh, encounters Boaz, the owner of the field, uh, the master lord of that particular harvest, the place where she was. He is also a picture of the kinsman redeemer. And the Bible describes 
the kinsman redeemer. Also in another place is Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. We've talked about that. Aren't you glad that Jesus was was more than God. Now understand what I'm saying. He also is the man Christ Jesus. We have this mediator between God and man. The captain of our salvation became like us that we might become like him. He came to us when we could not get to him. He was mindful of us in our lowest state. He made himself of no reputation and took on the lowly form of a servant. Find it not equal to be, though he could, he was he did not demand his rights and privileges as God, but said, listen, I am going to go and do your will. You want them back? I'm the one. Isn't that right? He came to redeem, uh, and he came to restore that which was lost. Recover that which was lost. What was lost? Man was lost in the perfect place, in the perfect setting with a perfect God and a perfect man and a perfect woman and the devil showed up. You know, the devil will always show up. Isn't that right? Then we have a choice and a choice was made and something, someone, everything, everyone was lost until Jesus came. And he made a way for everyone to be restored, redeemed. He redeemed us. He came to us in our trouble. He took on the responsibility, considered it a privilege, the Bible even says. It was a privilege for him to lay his life down for you. Now, why he determined you were worth it. First, you were worth it to Father. So then you're worth it to him. You know, people that you may consider not worth it were worth it to the Father. They were worth it to Jesus. And they should be worth you putting up with some trouble. Putting up with some contradiction between those that are opposed even to themselves. That opposed to God may find that they're opposed to you. But it's worth putting up to because when you stand in front of God, you want to have been an accurate witness. You want to have been the, the an accurate portrait of how God loved them and gave them every opportunity. Boy, one word that can change everything is this. You are forgiven. 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 That's the word that God has for the world. For the world. Forgiven. Yeah, but. No, yeah, but. You are forgiven. Doesn't matter what. You are forgiven. You don't have to earn it. You didn't deserve it. We don't, all we have to do is believe it. That He loved you so much. He forgave you up before the foundation of the world. Knowing you would be like you. Do what you. Turn out like. But He forgave it all. He forgave all of all. My, my, my. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, what a redeemer. Oh, the privilege, the honor, the, the magnitude to be called a child of God. And when God looks at you, he calls you, oh, child of mine. You know, he'll call you son or daughter while you're running, still belong to the devil. Because he said, I made you. You're made in the image and likeness. Oh, it's been distorted and perverted. You don't belong to him. You come over here. You belong to me. Now believe and receive the love that I have for you. 
The Bible says while we were dead in our trespasses and sin, Jesus died for us. You think you're going to change your mind because of some mess up, some screw up, some, you know, uh, thing that's happened before the foundations of the world, God set his love on you. He said, there's nothing you could ever do that will stop me from loving you, that will keep my love from getting to you. If you make your bed in hell, you'll do so still, me loving you. Well, how can a loving God send men to a devil's hell? You said it right, it's a devil's hell. It never was designed for men and women. It was designed for the devil and his angels. But if you're still attached to him, if you're still riding in that bus, if you're still on that train, honey, you'll tip over. you got to get off while there's still time to get off. Pull the emergency thing. This isn't emergency today. Pull the emergency line. Say stop this bus right now. Stop this train right now. I'm not going to hell with the rest of them. I'm ready to get on something different. I want to go in a different direction. Listen, hell is one way, but heaven is another way. The Bible says it's a broad way to hell, but a narrow way to heaven. you got to pull the cord yourself. Peter stood up in the midst of a generation and he, wouldn't cut, he didn't cut any slack. He said, now listen, listen. He said, this, he said, you killed the king of glory. You can't get away with that. But you need to save yourself from this perverse generation, from this generation. You need to get off of that bus now. Because he forget, the last of the words were, it's forgiven. All is forgiven. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. I might be talking to somebody that at one point in time you didn't know, but now that you do know, you can make a change. You have a choice. And, and God is a choice. Choose you this day whom you will serve because you will serve one or the other. So we see Ruth in the... She encounters Boaz. And you know, the Bible describes Boaz, who is, who is showing us Jesus as a wise uh, and a wealthy man. He was a man of integrity, a man of honor. And he sees Ruth and he knows her story. Remember we talked about that uh, Boaz's, uh, Boaz's uh, mama was uh, of a kindred spirit with Ruth, both a foreigner. Both came from a place where people would have the tendency that you don't belong, you're not one of us, all of that kind of thing. Uh, so Boaz has, has, there is a knowing. There's something about, you know, Paul said it this way. He said, now we wouldn't want to, I'm going to paraphrase it. He said, boy, I'll tell you, I wouldn't have you ignorant of what we went through. Man, we, we almost just didn't, we almost didn't make it. We almost gave up on everything and everyone, including God, our faith, all of that. He said, but the Lord delivered us. The Lord came through and he said, and we found that the comfort that we were comforted with is what we're now able to comfort you with. You might not have wanted to go through what you've been through, but don't waste it. See, there's somebody else that you need to help pull through. 
There's something about someone who's been through some things when they say, I know your story. And you know that they know your story. Because words are full of power, aren't they? Words are full of fear, or words are full of faith, words are full of condemnation, or words are full of grace, words are full of love and kindness, or words are full of cruelty and harshness, aren't they? But words are containers that are full of something. And that something is, is what someone puts in those words. So Boaz speaks words to her, isn't that right? The first encounter is Boaz speaks to her. Aren't you glad that Jesus speaks to us? That he knows us even if we don't know him and Jesus can speak to us right where we are and tell us that he knows. He knows. And so he sees Ruth, he knows her story, and he he sees that she's brave. And he understands that she's brave, but she's broken. Some people I'm talking to today, you're brave. You're going about your business and you're still hard at it. But God knows and understands that you're brave, but you're broken. You know, the thing about broken is that it can't contain or retain the fullness. It's hard to hold on to any good that would come. You know, I remember uh, I remember one time hearing a story about uh, a minister said this, said he was having a conversation with a person that, he had been praying for and was praying for her at that moment during the conversation. He said, I was listening to what they're saying, but all the while he said, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm feeling along the lines of their heart. Trying to find the crack, the broken place. I think that's what Jesus does. He, he hears us when we pray. He knows us. He knows our story. But it goes deeper than just like we would like we would think God is feeling for the broken place. So Boaz, he starts small. See, because, you know, uh, pouring in from the abundance of goodness, here's Ruth. She's strong on the outside. She's hard at it, isn't she? But the moment Boaz speaks to bless her, she can't take it in. I mean, these words that are coming from someone who's been blessed of God, wanting to bless her, wanting to say something to her, to lift her life, to encourage her, to help her, to make it easier for her. I mean, just a sentence or two, and she falls down at his feet and says, how does this happen? That you, How does this goodness happen? How does this, what I'm experiencing, encounter right now? See, because broken tends to 
tends to operate that way, doesn't it? I mean, if something has been battered or bruised or broken, we, we want to protect that place. We close, we close. We pull that in close and we, we build the wall. We, we <clears throat> the moment Boaz speaks to bless her, she can't take it in. You know, her position and her condition on the inside is revealed. It's not hidden. How we are, who we are, what we are on the inside is not hidden from God, even though we may be brave on the outside, we can still be broken on the inside. Boaz discovers her heart is broken. Life has been harsh and hard. Life harsh and hard has happened to her. The dreams and the desires that she started out with, as we all start out with, don't we? That didn't happen as she had hoped as she had desired, as perhaps as in her in her imaginings and her dreams that, you know, she thought that this is how it will all happen. This will be my life, happy ever after. You know, broken hearted is defined as overwhelmed by grief or disappointment, suffering from sorrow at loss or failure. You know, Boaz, kind and generous and merciful, knows and understands and he sees, he reads her response that when he just says a little thing to her, just a little, a little goodness, she's overwhelmed in that. She can't take it in. He sees that she's not so sure. Perhaps I'm talking to some people today that are not so sure. But, you know, the, the old and the familiar, you've made a move and you know, uh, you know, to quote the world, life sucks, but at least I knew what it was, what to expect, how to deal with it. Are you listening? Anybody in this house that are just not so sure because in this harvest time, you're not so sure that these harvests are for you. Well, you may just be a gleaner right now, but remember the Redeemer... Uh, Remember the Redeemer. God is at work. You know, uh, Pastor Sandy, we were, we were talking this week. I said, well, what does that mean that, that we'll reap where we haven't sown? Isn't this a picture? Isn't this a picture? It, it, it's, I can understand that when I work and I have something to work with and I do what I'm supposed to do, then absolutely I deserve a harvest. And there's a place for that. The kingdom of God is sowing, growing, and reaping. Uh, isn't that right? But you know, God is, uh, the picture of redemption is that, is that God gives us what we didn't deserve. We're living in a salvation that was bought and paid for by someone else. We didn't work it out on our own. We did not. It's not the results of our own efforts, our own strivings, our own goodness. We're just, we're just, we're just getting in on some on the blessing of God. We're getting on in on the harvest that God makes happen that's difficult isn't it to hold on to 
in that measure, we tend to just fall back on what we've always known. Fall back into the old ways of striving for surviving. And I believe that we need to, quote, do something. But, you know, what God, the something that God will do for you is doing for you right now is way more than what you could ever do for yourself. The life that God puts together for you is putting together for you dot by dot, little by little, step by step. Remember, life is done day by day and one by one, that life is much greater than the one that you could have ever lived on your own, could have ever hoped or dreamed of or, or ma- manufactured or made happen on your own. So her first encounter in, in, in this is that he reads her response and she's, he can see that she's not so sure. Oh, I'm sure about this position and condition that I'm in right now presently that I'm, you know, I'm doing what I know to do in the gleaning. But, you know, God never intended. He just, he never intended for you to just hear about him. He wants you to know him for yourself. He was never content with just telling you. He always has wanted to show you. We're content religiously to just hear all about it and wish and hope that someday we might just get a little gleaning from that. But I'm going to tell you what now. Jesus said this, if you don't believe me for what I say, believe me for what I show you in what I do. And we've entered into a time where God is about to show you what he has been telling you. Somebody needs to hear me in this place and beyond this place today. Now see, if you're, if you're, if we're dysfunctionable, in dysfunction, broken, that's hard to hold on to, isn't it? Because our first reference is that good word comes into comes to that broken place and then there's that yeah but and we remember our past experience it we're not over we're not uh we're not overwhelmed with the by the goodness we're really overwhelmed by the memory of how it's always been overwhelmed by grief and disappointment, suffering from sorrow at the loss of the failure. The, the, here comes success, but the loss and the failure overwhelms that little. Why? Because it's like water's off a duck back, duck's back, or it's like a bucket with hole, a bag with holes in it, a bucket that's, uh, that's leaking at the seams. We can't contain it. See, God wants to fill us to the overflow. Abundant life is life more than you expect till to the fullness uh, until it overflows. But if we're broken, every time God says something, every time we pray, every time we seek God, every time we read the Bible, every time somebody preaches to us, every time, you know, uh, here comes the goodness of God. in so many different ways that he manifests it and does it that we can't see it. We can't hold it. We can't contain it. We can't retain it. And never reach the place of fullness because we're brave. We're trying. 
We're hard at it. We're working, but we're broken. And so here comes goodness. Here we are in the midst of harvest, and the harvest, the Lord of the harvest is speaking to us personally, is 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 inviting us to be a partaker, not a spectator, a partaker. A participant to share not only the work but the reward. And we're stuck in the not so sure. And let me give you the words of of that will locate broken and not so sure. It's like, how does this happen? How does this ha- how's this gonna happen? How can anything good come out of everything that has been so hard and harsh and bad? How does this happen that you treat me so kindly because see life has told me I don't deserve that I, I'm not uh, I've been so wrong so wrong is my law in life is anybody in the house today not so sure how does blessing happen how does Happy, prosperous, and to be envied. Happy harvests happen. Well, Boaz understands. I, I've, I've, I've just got to pour a little. I've got to pour a little on. See, and he understands that I've got to find the brokenness. I've got to find where. Where that which is preventing you, that which is keeping you from fullness, I've, I've got to heal the brokenness. Because, you know, wholeness comes before fullness. I'm talking, I'm talking. The Lord says, I'm talking in this house today. If anybody has ears to hear. And so he... he he doesn't consult her, just invites her to lunch, doesn't he? Invites her to share, just a little. But even that little, the Bible goes on to say, it says uh, this at the lunch uh, break. Well, you know, her, her, her first, there's two responses. The first one, when he said something to her in the field, she dropped her knees and said, how does this happen? You would pick me out and treat me so kindly, me a foreigner. He answered, said, I know all about you. Uh, I've heard your story. I want you to know that you have come to God, daughter. You have come to God. And we talked about that, how God has, has in, inside of Boaz said, don't just tell her, show her. So he goes on uh, and he invites her to lunch. He comes out. He says, "Come over, eat some bread, dip it in the wine." She joined the har, and so she joined the harvester. And Boaz passed the roasted grain to her. She ate her fill, and even had some left over. Not a lot, but she had some left over. You know, this is her first taste of the blessing from the blesser, from the one who owns it all. It just, you know, sometimes you know today. Right now, right here, in this little 
I'm going to make it more than enough, but it's still just a little compared with the lifetime I have dreamed of and designed and desired to take very good care of you from now on. But for now, this is all you can handle. You're so used to scraping and scrapping and, and gleaning and poor that that's how you see yourself. That's how you... And, and he said, I'm just going to feed you a little bit, but that little I want you to know it's going to be more than you can take in right now. I'm going to have a little left over. There's going to be a little more than you need because God is always just evermore, isn't he? He knows what we need. He'll fill that need and a little more. A little more. Why? Because he's having to start small and go slow when you're dealing with broken. I love this when he gets up and uh, this, is, this is what I'm having issues with. You know, Pastor, you have issues? Sure, don't you? But I thought pastors were perfect. Well, you thought wrong. You're going to be really disappointed. And that will probably be your ticket on the way out to somewhere. Because pastors are people. Just like you. Amen. With the the additional responsibility and privilege to live in the fishbowl. And as an example, say, you know, we're going to just tell the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. Amen. I should write about a book about how sometimes church life sucks. But I thought, I don't know if that would be kind. It's, uh, I, I don't think people could handle that. I, don't, I, I think it might dishearten and discourage people. You know what I'm saying? I mean, sometimes you just got to live through it and get just enough to realize, you know, I mean, you know, folks are funny. <laughs> Amen. This is such a strange way, Jesus, to win the world through the foolishness of preaching. You do know that Egypt doesn't like shepherds, don't you? You are well aware. Anyhow, you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But the joys far outweigh the disappointments. Amen. And the sorrows. Because of the blessing. Because of the blessing. And what is the blessing? I mean, what, 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 what is it? It is to become a blessing. It is, it is people for our life. All right? And that's worth it. It was worth it to him. It's worth it to me. Is it worth it to you? Praise the Lord. Wholeness comes before fullness. Anybody ever run on empty? Anybody ever ever been watching the needle and hoping that you make it to where you need to get to? And even when you get there, One pocket's empty. And the other one ain't even half full of change. I'm talking to anybody ever been? Gleaning. 
in the midst of abundance. I love this next line though. This is what I'm having trouble with. Make it easy for her. You know, when life has been one great, big, long struggle, and everybody has struggles, don't misunderstand me, rich people, poor people, old people, young people, all kinds of people. We are, life, struggle is normal to life. But you know, sometimes some folks really have it hard. Life is very harsh. We've all had our fair share of that, haven't we? Nobody knows the heart's joy or sorrow except that heart itself. But he says, make it easy for her. And he goes on and says, pull out, he goes, handfuls of the good stuff. Just handfuls. Handfuls. Boaz and Jesus saying, I'll tell you, but then I'll show you. And he gives instruction. He says, pull out the good stuff. Handfuls. What's he, What's the real harvest that's happening here? It's barley. It's grain. It's food. It's survival. It's, what we, it's, it's the bread of necessity that we need. And, and yeah, it's the blessing. But more than that, see, we're, God wants us to harvest. There are three main things. Faith. Hope and love. When everything else, when we're, when we're stripped down to everything, he said there, there are three things that remain. And this is the harvest of this life. Faith, hope, and love. Those are the harvests that God will make happen in our life. Number one, faith in God. I'm going to say something to you. You need to listen to me. Those of us that have been taught faith and learned faith and have faith, the faith of God, the God kind of faith, faith in the Word, faith in the, in the spirituality, all of those kinds of things, faith in the teachings, faith in the, even in the experiences that we've had. Now listen, we're entered into a time where we need to understand that faith in God is that God is able. Now faith in our ability to make God do, make something happen, but God is Able, his ability, faith in his ability. Here's a, here's a girl that, no, I don't belong here. I don't deserve this. I didn't put nothing in here. But God is able. Faith in God and his ability to bless, to make his harvest happen for you. You know, we have a lot of faith in our ability to make our harvest happen for us. <laughs> Come on now. It's all right. We're going we're gonna to stay in this a while. Not today. We don't have time today. But I want to say this. And the Spirit of God's going to just, I pray that he firebrands it on your heart. God is able. 
when you're looking at something that you, that man that no amount of human effort, no amount of human ability can fix it, can change it, can make something happen. God is able. To make his harvest happen for you. I want to read something out of Second uh, Chronicles. This is David's exclamation. It's an exclamation prayer. We'll look at this again and again. But he says, David blessed God in full view of the entire congregation. He said, blessed are you God. This is First uh, Chronicles 29 verses 11. Blessed are you, God of Israel, our Father, from old and forever. To you, God, belong the greatness and the might, the glory, the victory, the majesty, the splendor. Yes, everything in heaven and everything on earth, the kingdom, all yours. You've raised yourself high over all. Riches and glory come from you, your ruler over all. You hold strength and power in the palm of your hand. Whose hand are the... is is handing out these handfuls of purpose, on purpose, making it easier for her. Easier for what? For her to have faith in the God she's hoped in. For her to believe the love. Remember, this is not a romantic thing. This is a man showing this young lady, you've come to God and this is who God is. This is what God does. This is how God loves. Extravagantly, abundantly. Now, I can't dump the fullness of his heart on you all at one time because I've got to fix the broken. And I've got to little by little. I've got to step by step, day by day, because there's seven weeks of harvest. That's why he said, stay here, don't go anywhere, stay through. And it says she stayed through the whole harvest. Well, we're just at the beginning. You're just at the beginning of this new thing that God's doing. And the new thing is some form of, I'm not sure. I'm just not sure about this new thing. I I knew I could trust God in the old thing and hoping God in the old thing, but I'm not sure this new thing, you know, is that measure of greater, of more, of abundance, of extravagant love for me? Or is it just something I'll hear about but never experience on my own? Well, look at this. This says that God, to God belongs the greatness and the might, the glory, the victory, the majesty, and the splendor. God is able. God is able to do abundantly, exceedingly abundantly, above all that you can ask or think. Yes. Yes. Everything in heaven and everything in the earth. The kingdom, all of it is his. And it's his good pleasure to give it to you. To pull out some of the good stuff in these harvest happenings and try to begin to persuade you that there's hope for the future because he has 
not only purposed it, he planned it, and he's already provided it before the foundation of the world. He knows the plans that he has for you, even if you don't. But when you bring your whole heart to him, but you know it's hard to bring a whole heart when it's a broken heart, isn't that right? So there's faith and there's hope. It's kind of like the ultimate three-way mix. Isn't it that God's we're harvesting from his field, not just oats and wheat and rye, but faith and hope and love. See, love, the love of God, no greater love. He is love and he wants us to know that we are the beloved of God. I love that statement because it's a description. It is a noun and a verb at the same time. How is that possible that that we are the beloved of God and that in the same context that we need to learn to be loved by God? Because his love is endless. His love is extravagant. His love is beyond anything we could ask or think or, or comprehend right now. But there is a fullness. Fill your whole life where you're blessed in all things because of, the, of our master, because of the Lord of the harvest. You know, uh, I want to announce to you today that Jesus is here and he is the healer, the kinsman redeemer, his healing for the broken heart today. I don't know if there's anybody, there may be someone both here and maybe uh, watching uh, today or another day. Let me tell you, there's one thing, this one thing to change everything is when we come to him as our redeemer. When you come to Jesus. And I want you to know you didn't just come to church today. You came to God. And God is saying some things. And God knows your story. And Jesus knows you're brave. But he also knows you're broken. But he's not going to leave you like he found you. You know, the Bible says that God, Jesus said this, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. I love the next one, he says, and to heal the brokenhearted. God still heals brokenhearted. The brokenhearted. Because remember, wholeness comes before fullness. Your measure may not be God's measure. You see. God's wanting wholeness for your life. Spirit, soul, and body. Thank God for the Spirit of God. Who's bearing witness to the truth of these words today. And he has perhaps put his has just stopped time for just a moment here. We've got just a few more moments of time here, but time has stopped, and you can feel him putting his finger on the broken. He said, I want to touch that. I'm touching that today. And you know, we can either... We can either recoil like Ruth did. She didn't know any better. She goes, how does this happen? Well, God will make it happen. His harvest for you. 
God will make healing happen for you. God will make a new heart and a new life happen for you. And if you're ready for that, we're going to pray a very simple prayer. See, coming to him as a redeemer, let him save and rescue and deliver you today. It's very, very simple. Well, from our heart, we pray a simple prayer. Jesus, pray it with me. Jesus, I believe you're the Savior. So save me. Jesus, I believe that you're the healer. Heal me. And I thank you for it. I'm forgiven. You are my Lord. I'll follow you from now on. Amen. Now if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, see, he'll make that harvest happen for you. And it's the one thing that will change everything. We're going to uh, stay here for just a moment. Pastor Ron's going to come. For those of you that have joined us uh, over uh, social media, we thank you for the time that we've had together. I want you to remember until the next time that you are so very blessed, so you be at rest. Listen, uh, let us know if we can do anything for you. We'd love to help you in your first new steps where this new life is uh, concerned. Give you, uh, strengthen you, encourage you, and help you along your way. And in uh, your walk with Jesus, and we'll, uh, we're not only here today, we'll be here another day, and another day as long as the Lord should tarry, and we're here for you, and you come and see us. We'd love to have you and hear about all the wonderful things that God has begun in your life. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.